cute. Gift wrap accordion. Uh, that's gonna be tricky. Can I drink expired eggnog? No. What happens if drank expired eggnog? Why'd you even ask me in the first place? Dealing with relatives. Okay. Dealing with nosy relatives. Oh, uh, well. Dealing with my nosy, overbearing relatives who won't stay out of my business. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it's pretty much all the same stuff. <laughs> Gift wrap a saddle. Who are you buying this stuff for? Santa Claus riding a unicorn. Santa Claus riding a unicorn socks. Is that a thing? Search it up. Oh wow, here they are. Take my money. Norwegian tree skirts. How many lights, one outlet? Elf pajamas. Dog singing Christmas carols. <sighs> oh, hello. What is Christmas really about? <laughs> I've got just the thing. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. So, Jesus? Jesus. May I? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Huh. How fix burnt ham? Okay. Uh, you know what? Forget it. Pizza delivery Christmas Eve. <laughs> no problem. Seriously, did you just clap for the, the screen? They thank you. Good morning, everybody. It is so good to have you here. And I need to begin by saying that we, were, we are fully aware that your infant, your child may act out today. It's not like we went, oops, we forgot to put child care on. Every year, while, while lots of groups do programming, what we want to do is we want to bring everybody into our living room from the youngest of infants to the oldest of our family members, and we just want to get together and celebrate God. And that is our goal today. This is, this is a birthday of our, of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and we want to have that this morning. So having said that, during the service, the music, some of the music will be loud, and if your kids are acting up, that's okay. People are going to look at you weird because they're grandparents, okay? They're pretending their kids never did that, but we are so, we are so glad you're here. So I, I do, before we jump into it, I'm going to read the story to you. Um, I want to make some announcements of things coming up this week. Uh, this is the first of two celebrations about the birth of our Lord. Our next one is Friday night, which is December 24th. Christmas Eve at 6 to 6.30, we're going to have a candlelight service. And all that is is singing of, of, uh, of Christmas carols. It is reading of the story together. The staff is all on stage, and we just come together for less than 30 minutes. We do it that short period of time because we want you to bring your family. If you have dinner early and then come in and watch this and then have dessert after, go look at lights if you don't have family coming in. We want you to go out and enjoy the Christmas season. We just want to set the stage for you uh, on that Christmas Eve. So that is Friday night from 6 to 6.30. Um, another thing that I need to mention, two more things. Number one, 
for those of you who have gifts that have not been wrapped, especially those gifts that are nightmares to wrap, we have a gift wrap fundraiser this afternoon. Our children, our students are going to Colorado for camp this summer. They literally spend a week on the river and uh, they whitewater wrapped and it's a little more expensive. So you'll have other things coming up. If you have something that has not been wrapped and you'd like somebody else to wrap it, there's not a fee for it. It's just whatever you'd like to give the kids. And then they, they, uh, they distribute the money among those who serve in this. But that's this afternoon from two to five in the student room. And the only other announcement is for the widows of Carpenter's way. Uh, You have been contacted, those of you who are involved in this ministry, and told that there has been a collection. Where's Heather? Am I even close to this? So we want you to pick up your... Gift bags. Heather, grab your microphone. Why don't you do it? Gift bags. Your gift bags. Sorry, gift bags. We have gift bags. I didn't know you were handing the whole thing to me. Um, In the library, and we do have people delivering, but if you've been contacted and if you want to just pick it up today, you're... uh, Julie Jackson and I will be in there after church, and we can help you get your gifts. So this is another COVID gift since we have some that haven't participated come into in person. Next year we actually have a schedule of events. We'll finally get to do some face to face stuff with our wow, our women of wisdom. So, all right, that's it. So you ready to celebrate Jesus? All right. So let's pray, and then I'm going to read the story, and then we're going to jump into music and more videos. Just so you parents know who are going to begin freaking out in the next 15 minutes, uh, the service is about 40 minutes long. I'm going to share in the middle. I know you don't believe that I can speak for less than 12 minutes, but I'll try to be super dramatic for the kids. But there's lots of videos and lots of music, and we just wanted to celebrate together as a family because we think that's what Christmas is, is us coming together and saying, thank you, Jesus. We needed this really bad. So let's pray. Father, we love you, and we're so thankful that, that the littlest of children in our church family are still the church. They're not the church of tomorrow. They are the church of today, and we are honored to disciple them and to, to pour into their lives, and we are, we are here to help each other. And so this morning, I know there's some stress with some of the moms of young kids and, and, and dads and, and probably more moms, but we pray that this would be a wonderful 40 minutes together of celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior. For those who are visiting, for those who are watching online, I just pray that today they would be drawn closer to the King of Kings through the birth of His Son. We do love you and thank you for this. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Luke 2 says that at that time, the Roman emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. How ironic is that? Hey, let's just have a census. It just happens to be at the time Jesus needed to be in Bethlehem. How good is God? How well planned out and sovereign is our king? It must have been annoying to uh, Mary and Joseph, but how perfect for prophecy. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for, the, for, the, uh, for them. And I want to add in parentheses, because that was prophesied too. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel, singular, just want to point that out, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. One angel, lots of radiance. They were terrified. 
which is one of my favorite lines in Scripture. They were worse than terrified. Somebody sent me a picture this week of what the angels must have looked like. I got scared looking at the picture. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news, the gospel, that's what that word is. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a a vast host of others. It was the armies of heaven, not little cherubs that were half naked, army, angels, fierce, and they were praising God, saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, what the Lord has told us about. And they hurried to the village and they found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in a manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. And all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart. And she thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. And it was just as the angel had told them. So bring him in sin's gold. 
he wanted to help teach today. It is an interesting video that we just watched as I watched it, it, and the whole theme is mystery. And one of the things that struck me is, should it have been a mystery? I mean, it had been prophesied hundreds of times, some say thousands of times, as early back in Genesis. Mama. Do you want to go see your mama? Mm-hmm. Okay, you go see your mama. As early back as Genesis chapter 3 and 4, that after the sin had entered the world, God told Eve and Adam that while the serpent, Lucifer, would bruise her heel, or even his heel, that he would crush his head. Now, you could go, well, how would they know that that would be Jesus the Messiah? The answer is they didn't know that. But over and over throughout the Old Testament, the mysterious prophecies would become more and more clear into the book of Daniel, which was written about 700 years before the birth of Christ, where it gets pretty clear. And if you doubt the clarity of the prophetic teachings then you have to explain away how three kings or three wealthy people from another land somewhere out east, many believe descendants of discipleship ministries of Daniel, actually could find their way to the manger scene, or not the manger scene. They, uh, Jesus, for those of you who don't know, Jesus would have been just about the age of my little Sam, my grandson, at the time that the wise men get there. But the fact I want to make is they knew to go find him. And how, by Old Testament prophetic teachings, that taught that the, that the child would be found under the star. Isn't that incredible? So while we go, oh, mystery, they didn't understand, they didn't know, how could they have known? The truth is, they should have known. You know why they didn't know? Because they weren't people of the Scriptures. They were people of the law. They had become overly religious and not forward-looking. They looked back at what God taught Moses at the Mount Sinai, and they stopped listening to the prophets. In fact, one of the things that Jesus said about the the Jewish people at that time is you've killed the prophets. Not only do you not listen to them, but you don't like what they have to say, and you killed the prophets. So the only mystery we really have this morning as we gather this season is why would God do this? But that's answered in the new covenant. In fact, in Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 to 7, it tells us this. It answers exactly What happened and why? But when the right time came, God sent his son, Jesus, born of a woman, subject to the law. He was a Jewish boy. He was subject to the law himself. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law. Why were we slaves to the law? Because we broke the law. And so part of what the law does is when you break the law, you have to be subject to it. You pay a penalty for breaking that law. But what he did was he sent him so that he could adopt us as his very own children. That is amazing. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out Abba, which is Daddy, Father. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. So let's pause for a second and, and, and let's retract a little bit of what we think about. People say all the time, Christmas is for children. I actually, in light of this, want to agree with that. Christmas is for children, but not all children. Christmas is for the children of God. Those who will accept his offer to adopt them. The whole point 
of why Jesus came was not to be near to you. We talked about this last week. Jesus is found throughout the Old Testament. If you doubt that, you have to answer who was Adam and Eve walking with in the cool of the garden? Or who did Cain talk to when he brought the wrong sacrifice? Or who told Noah how to build the ark and what size it was going to be and what was about to happen? And who was it who told Abram to leave his father? Who was it that Abraham wrestled with over what was going to happen in Sodom and Gomorrah? Who was it who wrestled with Jacob at that night, all night? That was Jesus, the pre-incarnate Christ. The fact was God dwelled with people before he came as a, uh, uh, born of a virgin. But he came born of a virgin to fulfill the promises that he had made to himself. And that was to redeem people, to make them adoptable. And there's one more thing that I want to say that we've been saying the last few weeks, and it's really important. Jesus Christ didn't just come to, to save you from sin. He actually came to save you from himself. You see, this one that we like to look at in the New Testament is just loving, and then we've got the Old Testament angry God. That's kind of how we see it. The truth is the same God. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he's not only the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, he is also the judge. And, and sin has separated from him. It has put us under condemnation, under judgment. And so Jesus came to tell us the good news, which is you don't have to pay for your own sin. I'll pay for it for you. I'm going to take care of it. There is so much romantic. It's, it's, almost like, it's almost like Christmas has been hijacked by a culture to be a romantic entity instead of a truth of the best news of all. One of the things that we've talked about through the years is, is how it breaks my heart when I hear people, when, when you lose somebody you love, and it's often on Facebook written, well, now heaven has a new angel. You realize that if you are a child of God, you're not an angel, you are the child of God. If you become an angel, that's a step back in position. You're now just a servant of God in his household. It's better than that for, a, for adopted forgiven child of God. You are the child of God. And sometimes we act like Christmas is just a romantic notion of God wanting to be with us. The truth is, God sent Jesus to come so that our sin could be paid for by someone else who had never sinned, so that his plan to adopt us into his family could be fulfilled. That's what Christmas is about. And if you want to know how he did it, Philippians 2 is very clear. Again, it shouldn't be mysterious to anybody who's got a Bible in their house. Though Jesus was God, and I added Jesus there, but if you read the context, that's what it says. Though Jesus was God, for those of you who are not clear on the identity of Jesus the Messiah, it clearly says throughout the New Testament he was God, and here's one of those places. Though Jesus was God, he did not think equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges, and he took the humble position of a slave and was born, and I'd like to say through the normal human process, she uh, conceived of a child, the Holy Spirit impregnated her. She carried God for, for nine, six months. That would be weird. Nine and a half months. I've been asked the question, why do you say nine and a half? Because that's the gestation period of a human child. It's not nine. Guys, I keep getting questions about that from you. You should know this. Nine and a half months. Kidding. Lighten up. And then, and he lived there, and then he went down the birth canal, and he was born and laid in a manger. God put himself in that a humble position of a slave, and was born in a barn. Remember that joke? What, were you born in a barn? No, but my Savior was. You can say that. He was born in a barn so that we can make jokes about it when we slam each other. What, you have no manners, born in a barn? No, but God was. Crazy. As a human being, that's crazy. 
When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. That's what the story of Christmas is about. It's, it's about God fulfilling a promise that he made long ago. Why would God do this? Why would he humble himself to be born in a barn? Why does God want to adopt us? John 3. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him, whoever, no matter what you've done, no matter how good you are, how bad you are, religious, non-religious, whether you're an atheist or an agnostic, whether you're straight or gay, whether you're rich or poor, whether you're white or black, whether you are an adulterer or faithful monogamous to your spouse, no matter who you are, whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Amen? That's, the, that's Christmas. And it goes on, for God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world like the church often does but actually to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. I just want to pause here for a second and say the problem with the world is not man's inhumanity to man or their sexual orientation or how good they are or how bad they are or how rich they are or poor they are, whether they're Democrat or Republican. The problem is, is that people are sinners. They're condemned. They are born. The default position of a human is condemnation. God sent Jesus to change the story. You don't have to be condemned. This is the verdict, verse 19 says. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and, and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that they have done what, is, uh, what has been done in the sight of God. While most people absolutely love Christmas, I'm not sure they understand its ramifications and its opportunities. John said it in John 1, 10 through 13. He came into the very world he had created. That one in the manger was the creator God. He came into the world that he had created, but the world didn't recognize him. And you know that story because we just studied the gospels together. They didn't know him. They, he came to his own people, the Hebrew people. And what did they do? They rejected him. But to all who believed in him and accepted him, he gave the right to become what? Children of God. This has always been about being child. I know that as we've tried to reach people for Christ, and, and if you're lost, if you don't know Jesus, we, we keep talking about getting saved from your sin. I want you to know that God's big dream for you is bigger than your sin being removed. It is way bigger than you going to heaven. It is about him saying, you are my child and I am your daddy and you can run to me. Boldly, without fear. But who all who believed in him and accepted him, he gave the right to become the children of God. They are reborn, not by physical birth, resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. It's not only by God, it's not only through God, but it's from God. He does everything. That is why so many people reject him, because they want to work it out. They want to feel good about themselves. Enter Cain, right? who wanted to go to God, right God, right altar, right place, right time, wrong sacrifice. Who Adam and Eve, they wanted to take things over, be like God, no good and evil. So they took things into their own hand. Here's the bad news, my friends. If you want to solve your own sin problem, you will. But you don't have to. That's the story of Christmas. Galatians 4, 4 uh, you, you, before I get to the end here, all you have to do is accept him and you are given the right to be children of God. And it's just like a Christmas gift under the tree. 
I, uh, if Julie buys me a Christmas gift, or if I buy Sam a Christmas gift, and it's awesome, and it will be, if we buy Sam a gift, and we buy it, and we put it under the tree, but he chooses to reject that gift, he won't enjoy it. He won't experience it. It will never be his. Jesus Christ came and died on the cross for all the world. Enough blood was shed for every man, woman, and child who ever has been. You have been offered forgiveness. It has already been paid for. He will not crawl back up on that tree. He has died for your sin. The gift has been purchased. It is under the tree. But if you reject it, it will not be applied to you. It won't. It's just like a Christmas gift. It's the perfect picture. But if you take it and open it, and don't spend the next three weeks going, that was just too much, too much gift, too much money. Why did you do that, God? Just accept it. He's pretty rich. He can take care of it. He did take care of it. If you will accept that gift that has your name already on it, if you will take it, if you will open it, accept it completely, you will be called the child of God. But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us, so that he could adopt us. That was the plan. The plan was not just to keep you out of hell. The plan was not just to pay for your sin. That was how the plan got accomplished. The plan was to make you and I his kid. Christmas is for children, the children of God. Merry Christmas, child of God. Merry Christmas. And if you are not, joining us is not like joining a church. It's not like living up to everybody's expectations. It is as simple as Christmas. It is accepting a gift. And wherever you are, whether it's in this room or you're at home and you're watching this, all you have to do is say, thank you. I know I'm in trouble. I know I'm a sinner. And I know you're the only one who can remove my sin. And I accept your gift right now. And you will be declared a child of God. That's what Christmas is about. Make sure your children and your grandchildren know that. It's a fun season, but don't you dare let Satan distract the real, important, life-changing gift. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life. Then said the angel. 
on, let us sing and praise the King. Hallelujah. All right, we have one more song. It's a little upbeat, so I'm going to need you to get on your feet if you're not already on your feet. Take some deep breaths. You ready? Oh, 
guys have a seat. up this morning, uh, I just wanted to remind you this week, uh, just slow down, uh, take some time, uh, use your head this week. I think a lot of times with Christianity, we get so wrapped up in stuff, and especially this season, we all have our traditions, we have things that we, uh, you know, kind of get us in that Christmas spirit, get us going, so to speak. Uh, just take some time, take some time, turn the TV off, turn the music off, find a quiet space, it's just you and God, and just kind of think through what we're talking about. Mark, took us through this morning of just hammering home that fact that we're children of God. And that's something we talk about a lot in here, that fact that we stand before him now holy and righteous because, because of Easter, right? Because of what he did. And uh, it's, it's hard sometimes to wrap our head around the fact that God in a manger and all those kind of things, but just the bigness of the story. Just to stop and think of just 
how big this story is that from the very get-go, God had a plan. From before time, he had a plan, and he knew that 2,000 years we'd be standing here wrestling this with our heads of how, how can God be a baby? How can, this, how can this be? But it's all part of the plan. And so just this week, take some time. Just take some time, find a quiet place, and just, just think. Just think through it, and let God just speak to you about just how big, just how much this matters this week. Um, Merry Christmas, y'all. We'll see you next week.